On the back side of the bulletin, there's some information you need to know about. If it is your first time or if you are new to New Community Church, have just been attending or visiting for a short amount of time, we have something right after service just for you. We're doing a Meet the Pastors reception um, immediately after service. It's only about three hours long. No, I'm just kidding. Um, just like 20 minutes. Uh, you know, sometimes on a Sunday morning, I don't have a chance to meet people or you don't have a chance to know, okay, who are the, who's the leadership of this church? Um, we'd love to just put a face to a name. So we're going to meet right after service up in the picnic area right across the parking lot. I'm pointing at that wall because it's on the other side of that wall. Um, we're going to meet up in the picnic area for a few minutes. We'll have some refreshments for you, and we'd just love to say hi. Uh, maybe answer any questions you have about the church um, and just be a, a short, fun time together. So be a part of that. And then uh, finally this morning, graduates. Do we have anyone graduating uh, here in the next few months? If you were graduating, Here's what we'd love for you to do. We want to honor you in a few Sundays. We're going to have a service uh, as a part of our service, a time to honor our, our high school and college graduates. So if you're graduating, would you grab one of those same connection cards and just uh, write your name on it? And then on the back, write which school you're graduating from, uh, what your graduate gra- graduation date is, and then what degree you will be receiving. Um, and then we'll be able to follow up with you and then honor you here in just a few weeks. Um, I want to invite the ushers to come forward as we get ready to give, and we'll pray this morning. Father God, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, for everything. Lord, your word says that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights. And Lord, that we lack nothing because you are an amazing God. You are a good God. And so this morning, we give to you out of what you've blessed us with, Lord, our tithes, our offerings. Uh, as as a, a token, as a symbol of our thanks, Lord, giving back to you what already belongs to you anyway. Uh, Lord, we honor you and bless you with our giving this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we kicked off a series right before Easter. In fact, two weeks before Easter, we started a new series called Tools for the Journey. That first Sunday, we talked about prayer. I jumped in talking about going on a journey. I mentioned we did a road trip a few years ago, and we'd been living in Alaska and sold our house and made the decision to move to uh, warmer climates where there's a little less snow. Um, I, I always tell people I don't have to scrape, wind, uh, scrape sunshine off my windshield, um, which is wonderful. If you've ever lived in a snowy place, you know what I'm talking about. Um, and so we got our car ready. It was the middle, it was actually the beginning of January, had our, our car, we had a U-Haul trailer, and we drove from Anchorage, Alaska, all the way to LA in the middle of the winter. Am I a little bit ringy? Am I ringing a bit? Can we fiddle with that just a second? Um, and so that whole way down, we're driving uh, in the middle of, it's snowing, it's 13 degrees. And I tell you what, everyone who's ever done that drive has tons of advice for you. It's, a, it's pretty amazing. And everyone's like, this is where you stop. This is where you go. You know, the rule on the Elkan Highway, what they, they call the Elkan is, if you, if you see a gas station, you stop and you put gas in because you don't know where the next gas station will be or if it'll be open when you get there. Um, and so there's all of these rules for the road. But the biggest thing is the preparation for the journey. 
And there's things that you have to take with you to make sure that you don't die along the way. Kind of an important thing. And so we had a, a great experience driving down the Alcan Highway. But you have, to, you have to prepare for a journey. We started the beginning of this year talking about a journey we're taking with Jesus. A journey that's not taking us from physically from one location to another. But it's spiritually a transformation journey that's happening in us. We kicked off the year talking about, the, uh, about Romans chapter 8, where, where God says, when Paul writes, God gives the words to Paul, and he writes that we are being transformed or conformed to the likeness of Jesus Christ. As Christians, that's our goal. As believers in Christ, see, it's not enough for us just to say, Lord, I receive you into my life. I want you to be my Lord and Savior. Now there's a process of transformation and confirmation that takes place where God says, I want you to look like my son. We've talked about the fact that God is more committed to that process sometimes than we even are in our own lives. That God is more committed to our confirmation and our transformation into the likeness of Jesus. He is more committed to that journey quite often, than we are. And so we have to meet him in that and say, Lord, help me along the way. And the awesome thing about God is that he gives us the tools that we need to have a successful journey. That if we walk according to, and with the tools in hand that he has given us, according to his word, according to his promises, we're guaranteed to succeed. We can't fail. How many things in life can you say that about, right? I mean, you, you talk about investing. You know, we're, we're about, what, seven years out from the big, you know, the crash in 2008. And people were like, oh, this is great. And then the next day, all of it, it wasn't so great anymore. And things that are a sure thing really aren't a sure thing. But when it comes to this, when it comes to the journey that Jesus has us on, it's a guaranteed thing. That if we stick to the, the, the process that God has for us, he will change us. He will take us from glory to glory. And we can bank on it. It's pretty awesome. Well, this morning, we're going to talk about meeting God in his word. We kicked off the series talking about prayer. Um, and I won't re-preach that sermon this morning, but you can catch it online on our website, newcommunityfs.com. All of the sermons are there. You can, you can listen to the podcast and catch up if, you, if you'd like to. In fact, I encourage you to do that. This morning, though, meeting God in his word. Meeting God in his word. I don't know about your life, um, but my life can be a little busy. Anyone have a busy life? Like, like you just get busy. There's stuff going on, right? Work, work can just be overwhelming. You're, you're just going flat out. Then you throw in school. Any, how many students in the house? Right, we've got, so we've got high school students, we've got middle school students, we've got uh, undergrads, we've got graduate students in the house. Like we are a, a, a church full of students in this place. Can school be a little overwhelming sometime and a little bit busy? All right, we're coming up on finals, right? And everyone's like, ah, oh, it's going to get really busy around here. And then you throw into that sports. I know we've got some families in the church whose kids are involved in sports. And like you're running around. It's practice and it's games and it's carpooling. Then you throw in the fact that you actually have to eat. And so you have to go to the grocery store and buy stuff to eat at the grocery store. And then you go, you know, and then it's like, oh, wait, wait. You ever do this? Like you get to the store and you're like, I know I came to get something. But there's so much other stuff, like all of the thinking that happened between the house and the grocery store. By the time you get there, you're like, uh, you know, I just text Megan. Okay, wh- what did you send me here for? And uh, 
you know, and then there's still stuff we forget, and it's always toilet paper. You always just get toilet paper, right? If you forget, it's probably toilet paper. You can never go wrong there. It's a little handy tip for you this morning. Um, then you got to cook the food, and you got to plan plan your week. And and oh, this week, this is a fun one: doing your taxes, right? Yes, that's this week. Just another FY. This handy hints today, right? Um, there's a lot of groaning going on as well. And, in, and it goes on and on and on. And the things that fill our lives and we get busy, even if we're not physically busy, mentally, your brain is just running flat out, lying awake at one o'clock in the morning, thinking about the stuff that you didn't get done that you're going to have to get done tomorrow. And, and, you, and while you're working on that, you're missing out on other things that you're going to have to... Anyone else, is it just me? Anyone else? Okay, thank you. Thank you for helping me out there. Life can be busy. And in the midst of it, we have this built-in desire and yearning for direction, for understanding, for peace, for wanting to know that what we're doing in life really matters and that it counts and that there's a, a bigger purpose. We talked, kicked this year off with a series called More Than a Story, and we talked about meta-narrative, the overarching story of our lives and the fact that our lives are a part of a God story. And there's so many people who forget that, and so the moment just becomes the moment. And then we add all the moments up together, and you go, does this really even mean anything, and does it count? And we're longing for these things. The reality is that you can sum all of this up into one word. All of those longings, all of those searchings, all of the desire to, to, to make it make sense. It's the word wisdom. The word wisdom. We need wisdom. We need to make wise choices with our finances, with our relationships, about the places we go and the things that we do. Life choices, right? Anyone need a little bit more wisdom? Some of you are not so sure. I, I could do a lot of, I could use a lot more wisdom. We could use wisdom. The writer of Proverbs in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 20 says this Out in the open, wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. On top of the wall, she cries out. At the city gate, she makes her speech. So, this is, this is the picture. The market, the center of town where everything's happening and people are walking and it's busy. And, and the, the writer of Proverbs here is saying, in that place, wisdom is standing, calling out to people. You've maybe seen a picture of someone preaching on a street corner and people are just walking by, not even paying any attention. And so the writer here says it's wisdom is the same way. She's calling out to people. And yet we walk by and we're not stopping to listen to what wisdom has to say. Wisdom is calling. The question this morning is, are you listening? Are you listening to what wisdom has, has to say? And it's important for us to remember that God is for us, not against us in this. That we're not defeated, Right? That we have the victory in Christ because we can run the risk and buy into the lie that we are defeated. That the enemy is getting us down and that we are on the losing side. And so it's important to remember as we enter into this conversation that God is for you. 
He is not against you. He is more committed to your transformation than you are. And so he wants to put the things in front of you that are going to help you move from where you are to where he's calling you to be. Now, that's an important distinction. From where you are to where he's calling you to be, not from where you are where you think you should be or where you want to be. I don't know about you, but in my life I've realized that sometimes where I want to be isn't the same place as where God's calling me to be. And I'll fight him on it. And the reality is, is if I say yes to him and no to the desires of my own flesh, it always, always, always goes better. And I can save myself, we can save ourselves a world of hurt if we would stop and say, God, what are you saying? James chapter 1 verse 5 says this, if any of you lacks wisdom, what should you do? Ask, ask. You should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. I love this passage. There's, just, there's verses, in, in, and I have a, a ton of passages, by the way. If you're taking notes, I'm going to be jumping out. You can write down the references. But I think the best way to understand God's word is by reading God's word and, and, and looking at what the Bible says about the Bible. I told Kurt, Pastor Kurt this morning before service, I'm like, my head is spinning because there's a lot of passages in the Bible about the Bible, right? Thank you, Lord. And so we can go to God's word and understand the depth of his word just by what his word says about itself. You can wrap your head around that, but it's, uh, it's pretty amazing. This is one of these passages, passages though, that is just chock full of nuggets of, of, and, and information and things that, that benefits our lives. If you lack, just ask. How many times in life have we come up against things or done things or or, or suffered through something? I did this as a kid a lot. I would struggle and try and make something happen and then get to the end and my mom or dad would just say, why didn't you just ask? I would have done it for you. If I could just go back in time and God's got that same heart, the heart of the Father. If you lack, and we all lack, I wouldn't even ask you to raise your hands because we just all should raise our hands. We all lack wisdom. And he says, so just ask. And God, who gives generously, I like that word. You like the word generous? We, we got to go out to dinner with some friends of ours last night. We went to a great little Mexican place. Um, it was down towards Fullerton area. Um, amazing, amazing food. And one of the things I love about hole-in-the-wall hole Mexican joints is you get a plate that's this big around and stacked like four inches high, right? And it was so good. That's generous. As opposed to you go to the restaurant where they bring the plate out and there's like a, you know, and then they do decoration like to try and ease the pain. And you're like, that doesn't help. That's not generous. And then they charge you $45. And I'm like, what? Anyway, I like generous. That God gives generously to all without finding fault. Now listen, He's saying to us, I'm not going to find fault if you ask for wisdom. I'm going to get it. I'm not going to say to you, listen, before I can give you wisdom, I'm going to point out all the things that are wrong in your life. And sometimes that's the, 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 the lens that we put on. I can't ask God until I get my life figured out. And God's like, you can't get your life figured out until you ask me. And we go around and around and around. And that's a lie from the enemy. That we can't ask God. He says, I'm your father. I love you. And I will give generously. If you're lacking wisdom, ask. And I'm going to give it to you without finding fault. And it will be given. Not it might. Or hang on a few minutes. 
it will be given to you. Wisdom, we need wisdom. Second Peter 2.13 says this, his divine power has granted, us to, granted to us all things that, listen to this, pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. What does that mean? We're being conformed to his image. That's, what, that's the end here for us that we are called to his own glory and excellence, that we would look like Jesus. But in the midst of that, God says, I've given you everything you need for life and godliness. Godliness, right, the spiritual walk. Life, God, what he means here is life. Like that list that I mentioned, the shopping and the sports and the work and the taxes, God says, I've given you everything you need to live in victory in every single one of those areas of your life. Isn't that awesome? I love that God cares, us, cares for us that much. Everything you need in all areas of your life. All means all. It means everything. Life and godliness. The great thing is, is that God has set a banqueting table for us. Those places where we feel lacking, where we feel hungry, where we have need, God has laid out a spread for us daily. And he says to us, he calls to us, right? That's what Proverbs said. He's calling to us in the square, on the street, say, here's wisdom, come and partake, come and receive. And he lays a banqueting table of all of the best things that we could ever imagine and ever picture and ever want and ever desire and ever need in our lives. And he says, I've set it out for you. I've set it out for you. Come and partake. We see there's a problem We go back to the book of Amos, one of the Old Testament prophets. He wrote this word about the future. See, the Bible doesn't just talk about the now. It talks about the past and what what has happened. We can unpack and unlock and understand uh, the heart of God from from the, the past. We can understand what's going now. It talks to, speaks about, and and addresses the, the present, what's happening in our lives now, and it speaks to the future. As a four-square church, we believe that Jesus is our soon-and-coming king. And soon means soon. It's, it's, it's imminent. And, and every day we're closer to that. And so it speaks to that future, future glory. So there's a, a completeness to Scripture. But Amos said this in Amos 8.11. The days are coming, declares the sovereign Lord, when I will send a famine through the land. Not a famine of food or a thirst for water, but a famine of hearing the words of the Lord. A famine of hearing the words of the Lord. I grew up in Africa, and I know there's even a number of people in our church who, who have roots to Africa or have lived in Africa or from Africa. And, and if, you know, the, the news reports over decades now has been that there are hungry, starving people on the continent of Africa Millions of them. And it's a lack of food. It's just that it's not that they don't want to eat. There's just no food. And so there's organizations all around the world helping to try and bring food to these people. It's a, it's a, it's a terrible way to, to have to live. But I think what's even more tragic is when there is food available, speaking of spiritual food, when God sets a banqueting table and he says, I have food for you. And yet we have a famine, not because there isn't plenty, because we choose not to go to the table and eat. 
The days are coming, declares the sovereign Lord. There will be a famine of hearing the words of the Lord. But he's given us everything we need. This is, this is the feast right here. God's word is bread. It is life. It is light. I love all of the analogies, all of the, the, uh, the, the metaphors that are used for scripture. It is a sword, right? It is powerful. It is active. It is alive. God says, I've laid this before you every day. And there is a feast waiting for you to partake, for you to be able to feed your soul, for you to hear my voice, to understand my ways, to know my heart, and to live according to that, to be transformed into the image of Jesus. It's right here. He says, come. Can I encourage you, church? I believe it's time for us to break the famine. And and I'm going to be honest with you. I believe, I mean, there's people, of course, who don't, ever engaged the word, have never read the Bible a day in their lives. And they need to hear. And we need to preach, right? Paul says, how will they know if no one goes to them and, and tells them? We need to go. But I believe that in our churches, maybe even in this church, that we have believers who are experiencing a famine of hearing the word of God. Coming to church faithfully, listening to the podcast, that's all good, but it's not enough. It's not enough. God says, I've laid it right in front of you for you to partake, for you to come, for you to receive directly from the heart of God. Jesus says this in Matthew 4, 4, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. That this is not just a discipline, it is our very life. That if I do not know the word, that I will not live the life that God has called me to live. Jesus understood that. And when he's confronted with Satan himself, tempting him in the desert, that's where this passage takes place in Matthew chapter 4. And Satan is tempting him, saying, you're hungry. Why don't you, right, get some bread, turn these rocks into bread. And Jesus says, he quotes scripture, it is written. And when we hide God's word in our heart, when we tuck it away, when we understand it, that we can stand on it and it becomes strength. When I have a meal, I I wouldn't even use myself as an example. Uh, My son Blake is a football player and he comes home uh, a few months ago and he's like, hey dad, my coach told me today, I need to be eating 4,000 calories a day. And I'm like, what? (laughs) And I saw in my mind our grocery bill just going, right? I have to be eating 4,000 calories a day because of the exertion on the field and and practice and lifting and the conditioning that I'm doing that my body needs the sustenance to be be able to accomplish the level of play that I need it to. In the same way, spiritually, that we need sustenance, we need the Word of God to build us up. Why? So that we can stand when the enemy comes against us, in those moments where we're busy, when we're doubting, when we're wondering, when, when you're just feeling tired and worn out, the best thing to do is to be able to say, you know, I know the God, word of God. I know who God says I am, and I can stand on that. To be able to quote scripture when the enemy starts doing this in your ear. You don't matter you don't count. There's no plan. No, Jeremiah 29, 11 says there's a plan for my life. God declares that over me. You don't even have to get all the words right. Can I just free you from that bondage or that, 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 that burden? You don't have to get the, and you don't have to, there's not one right version that you're like, oh wait, okay, is, am I quoting NIV or ESV or ENK? It doesn't matter. 
That the word of God is in your heart. If it comes out sideways, it doesn't matter. It's the spirit of the word that will send the, that will send the enemy packing. But if you don't know it, if it's not in you, you won't have it to speak, to declare, and stand on. Jesus himself, it is written. Church, it is time for us to break the famine. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says this, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Again, another passage is not very long. It's just one verse. But man, we could spend weeks right here. We won't. You can go read it. Go and unpack it at home because we've got other things to talk about. But this, this is one of those passages so deep. God's word is alive and active. Why? Because it is God-breathed, the Holy Spirit. This is just a book. These are just pages made out of paper. Used to be trees somewhere, right? This leather. It's just, it's just a book. And there's peop- there are people who revere the book. It's just a book. What's powerful, what's active and alive is that when we read the words, the breath of God, the life of God, the spirit of God brings those words and makes them alive in our hearts and lives. Someone had said this to me um, a little while back. They said, when you read a passage, God knew before the foundation of the earth that on that day, at that time, you would read that passage. And so he in that, before, before we ever had the Bible as it is today, God knew that you would need to read what you were reading in that moment. That's powerful. I and mean, you wrap your head around that. That's how much God cares about you. That when, his, when you pick up his word and you read it, he knew that you would need to read what you're reading on that day. So over and over and over as I'm in the word of God, I'm just blown away by, what well, I needed to read that today. And God's like, I know. And I didn't even know that would be going on in my life. He's like, I know, but I did. I needed that encouragement. Has any, can anyone testify to that? Like just over and I'll read, even in a reading plan. I'm like, how did God know? He's God. But I have to go. I have to read. I have to understand. I have to take it in for that to even take place. The word of God is alive and active. It is sharper than any double-edged sword. It is a tool for battle. It is a tool of battle. It defeats the enemy. And in our hands and in our hearts and on our lips and in our minds that it will destroy the power and the work of the enemy in the places that he will come to seek and destroy and rob us of the things that God is depositing. It is sharper than a double-edged sword. It penetrates even dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow, every part of our lives. Soul and spirit, joints and marrow, flesh and spirit. God speaks to it all. That his word is sufficient. It is enough. I don't need the Bible and. Now I've got some great books on my bookshelf. I've got some amazing authors that I love to read. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how good they are. Whether it's a Spurgeon or a Lewis or a Willard, it doesn't matter. Because they're just men. They're just people. At the end of the day, what I need is God's word. And that he will speak to me through his word for my life where I am right now. I got to tell you, I lived in a place for a long time where I was just reading what other people were writing about God's word. Again, not a bad thing. 
Except for if I'm not in the word myself, I'm getting seconds. It's leftovers. It's good, but it's not the real thing. Because those words on those pages are not inspired. They're not, of, uh, they're not God's breath. And I have to go here myself. I have to read and receive myself. Why? Because God will speak to my life in every part. Spirit, soul, joint, marrow, every part of who I am. He will fillet me. And can I just tell you, that's no fun, right? I'm like, God, just open me up. But I know what it leads to is so good. The health that it brings. That when we have something foreign in our bodies that doesn't belong there, what does the doctor say? Hey, we need to schedule a surgery and we need to get that out. That doesn't belong. We need to get you under the, under the knife and we need to remove it because it doesn't belong. In the same way God's saying, my, my sword is sharp and it doesn't work effectively and there's things in your life that need to be removed. But you need to get in the word for that to happen. That this scalpel will do an amazing work. Not always fun and sometimes in the recovery process, you're like, oh Lord, I need spiritual physical therapy. Right? Help me get back on my feet. He says, I will do that as well. I'll walk with you. Joints and marrow, it judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. It divides, it exposes. Again, not an easy process, but we need it. I need to know the places where I need Jesus more. Because if I'm to be conformed to his images, I have to recognize the parts of my life that don't look like him. And the best place that's going to happen is right here. Because I will read things and God's word will say, that's not Christ-like. And I'll go, oh. Yeah. Lord, do a work. Do a work. I've known Jesus a long time. Gave my life to Jesus at five years old. It's been, been over 30 years walking with Jesus, and there's still passages that I'll read that for years they still sting, but they sting less, right? They sting less because God's going, no, you're moving towards victory in that part of your life. You're moving towards where I want you to be, and so I can keep coming back to the word and examine my life Right in the picture of the word and say, okay, who is Jesus and what is he calling me to? And I look and go, oh, okay, I'm not making it there. Or there'll be places where God's like, well done. You're doing good. Paul says to Timothy, keep running the race. Run the race. I'm like, yes, come on. I'll be inspired and excited. And as I do all of that, and as you do, these words come into us and wisdom is deposited daily. Now, if I had to tell you, listen, every day, um, I'm going to leave at your doorstep a little bag, and inside of that bag will be a one-ounce gold nugget. One ounce, right? I think an ounce of gold right now is around $1,500 or so, give or take. Um, would you check your door every morning? You better believe it. In fact, you might be there, like, you might sleep at the door, like, waiting for that to get dropped off, right? And if I said, every day I'm coming and I'm going to drop that at your door, every day you would check your door. The nuggets of wisdom that God has, he says, every day, I don't have just one, I have multiple nuggets of wisdom, and they're like precious gold. And yet so often the Bible sits next to the bed or on the coffee table, never gets open. God says, I have this for you. 
He says, I want to deposit these things in your life. Why? Because it leads to transformation. And so, so often we read the Bible, we even come to it. I remember when I was in Bible college and when I first started pastoring, I, I recognized a shift in my life where I started reading the Bible just because it was like a textbook. I had to read it and I had to write a report and then I had to do this work and that homework. And, and the bulk of my time in the Word wasn't for me, it was for an assignment or for another sermon. I'm like, Lord, I just need something. And he's like, you need me. You don't need another sermon and another assignment. You just need me. And then let those things flow out of the overflow of your life. See, because I can approach God's word as just being informational. And God goes, that's not enough. There's great information in here. Amazing information. But information isn't alive and active. He says, go beyond being information. He goes, what I'm looking for is a shift from information Words on a page to becoming transformation. That something starts happening in your life where you start changing and removing and shifting and changing ways of thinking and attitudes and thoughts and, 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 and forgiveness starts coming. I got to talk to someone the other night who had held forgiveness in her heart towards her dad her whole life. And just recently experienced being able to walk in freedom, being able to forgive her dad. Why? Because she's grown in her relationship with Jesus Christ. And he's given her what she needs to find healing in that part of her life. God says, I will deposit. And it becomes transformational. See, but it doesn't even end there because the goal is incarnation. We're being conformed to the image of Jesus. So just my very life, the way I live my life, Scripture incarnate, Scripture as a part of who I am, declares who God is. Does that make sense? And we live it out. So it goes from information to transformation to incarnation. God, I want to look like your son. Why? Because you want me to look like your son. And you're committed to that process in my life. So how? How? I don't think I've ever met a person, a believer, a new believer especially, or someone who's new to the walk, walk with Jesus who says, you know, I tried. I started in Genesis and I started reading, right? And by the time I got to Leviticus, I was like, what on earth does this mean? It doesn't apply I heard a pastor say once, there's a passage that says that you're not supposed to eat bats. And he's like, I just want you to know I am living in victory in that part of my life, right? Woohoo, I'm winning. (laughs) How does that apply? And so if you don't know how to go about reading God's word, it can be a little overwhelming, right? Can I get an amen? Amen. And be a little overwhelming. Where do I start and how do I understand that? And if I have questions, where do I go and how do I... And so it gets set aside because, man, this is kind of hard. I love that God's word is deep enough that scholars throughout the ages have never plumbed its depths, can never get still researching, reading, studying, and yet a child, a kid, can read God's word and understand it. Why? Because it's alive and active. Passages that I read when I was 13 and read the same passages when I was 30, different stage of life, same words, but the way that it impacted me, completely different. Why? Because it's alive. So how? How do we go about this? Well, there's a passage, a story in Luke chapter 10, verse 38. 
Luke 10, 38 through 44. It's a story of Mary and Martha. Let me read this to you. Jesus and his disciples were on their way. And he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that he had to be made. Insert there, busy. She was busy. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed and only indeed, and indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. It's a great picture and a great story. Mary, uh, Mary is at the feet of Jesus. He comes into the home and she's like, I just want to be close to him. I don't want to move away. But Martha is busy because she's like, this is the Lord. And I've got to get my house ready and I've got to cook the food and I want everything to be the best because he deserves the best. Good motives, absolutely. Absolutely. And God, I mean, Jesus doesn't chastise her in the moment. He just says, listen, Mary has chosen something that's even better. Taking a minute, taking time to stop and sit at the feet of Jesus. Meeting God in his word is the equivalent of Mary sitting down on the floor at the feet of Jesus going, I just need to be close to you. And I just need to hear everything you have to say. I just want to be in your presence. I just want to be around you. Martha and her busyness is concerned and like, Jesus, tell her. Tell her to help me because, come on. And she equates busy, right? Busy with having the meaning and the value. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. She's chosen the better thing. Listen, guys, church, being with Jesus is more important than being busy for Jesus. Being with Jesus is more important than being busy for Jesus. Martha wasn't, you know, off in the corner doing something sinful. She was serving as hospitality. She had a spiritual gift that she was exercising. But at the end of the day, being with Jesus is more important than we think what we have to do for Jesus. Not because I say so, because he says so. She's chosen the better thing, and it's not going to be taken away. Why? Because when the word of God, and what amazing thing, she's sitting at the feet of Jesus, so the word of God is literally coming out of his mouth, going into her ears and into her heart. We have to read it, but how cool was that? And what she's receiving will not be taken away from her. Why? Because it's conforming her life to the image of Christ. But she had to stop. She had to make a decision, knowing that her sister would be frustrated and irritated with her. Martha is going to be mad, and I'm okay with that, because I need to be with Jesus. And how often the busyness of our lives starts dictating the pace of our lives. 
I'm not going to read this morning because I've got other things to do. I'm not going to read tonight. Listen, I grew up in a church where it was like, you have to do your devotions every day, right? Read your Bible, pray every day. And, and, it, was like, and it was like, you have to, you have to early in the morning because it says early in the morning in the Bible. So it's early in the morning for you. I am not a morning person. So if I wake up at 5.30 in the morning, I'm like, oh. and I, am, I guarantee you I will not remember. I need, I'm a mid-morning person after a cup of coffee, right? That's, I'm like, that's a good time for me. And the evening is okay. Find out what works for you. Megan, total morning person. Like, completely, even if she tried not to be a morning person, she's a morning person. And she just wakes up and she's like, bing, right? And ready to go for the day. She's like the Sealy commercial. Like, she's that person, just wakes up like, oh. I'm like, ah, oh. <laughs> grown grunt. Meet God where you need to meet him. Take time in your day, but take time. Build it into who you are, into the pattern of your life, and ignore the, bu- the busyness won't stop, but you, ha- you have to stop and get yourself a way to be at the feet of Jesus because if you don't stop, you won't hear, and if you don't hear, you won't grow. You won't be transformed this, is, this sounds so simple, right? Like I even almost feel a little weird preaching this on a Sunday morning to a church that I know loves Jesus. But the reality is for every one of us, daily life can start pressing and pressing and pressing and pressing. I can tell you how many pastors, statistics, statistics, excuse me, of how many pastors are leaving the ministry. 1,500 pastors a month leaving the ministry. And I would, I would guess, this is my, my guess, and this is just from my experience talking to pastors, that the first thing to go is this. It's time alone in the word of God. Why? Because there's people who need me. There's counseling that needs to happen. There's, there's appointments that need to be made, sermons that need to be prepared, things that need to be done, blah, 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 blah. And Jesus is like, you're missing me in the midst of it, and you're dying on the vine Meet God in his word. Make the time. Make the time. Sometimes it's just making hard choices and saying there's things that I'm doing that I shouldn't be doing anymore. It could just, frankly, be a point of disobedience where the Lord's like, you're doing things I didn't ask you to do and you don't even know it because you're not hearing my word. We have to be in the word. Mary took time to sit at the feet of Jesus. Where in your day, in your week, are you finding time to extract the nuggets, the gold, the wisdom that you need to live that life, the wisdom that you need to walk that walk. Well, just like when we set out from Alaska, we needed a plan, had to map the route. Now, there's not a lot of different roads you can take. There's really only one road, but there's a few roads that shoot off of that, and if you take those roads well, we wouldn't be here today, right? There'd be looking, there'd be search parties and the whole deal. So you have to know where to go and where not to go. There's, in fact, there's, there, there is a, there an alternate route kind of down the western side of Canada, but it's not a good route to take in the winter. It's important for me to know that. It's shorter, way shorter, but it's not a safe route. So I had to make a plan. We sat down, and when we were traveling even beyond that with our family, we would sit down with a map, of, of the U.S. or the western states, wherever we were, tra- and we would mark out, this is where we're going, and we had a plan. And so we were able to go back to the plan and go, okay, how are we doing? Are we on track? We're not just running aimlessly, right? We have a plan. You need a plan. 
And you might have something that works for you, and that's great. One of the things that we use here at New Community, it's called the Solid Life Journal. It's one of these right here. Many of you have these. If you don't have one and you'd like to get one, we have them available on the back table. Um, we do ask for a donation of $5 because we have to buy them to bring them in. We're not making money on these, but, but they, you know, printing and all of that, what it is. If you can't afford one and you still need one, just grab one and, uh, and God will take care of it. Um, but this is something that we use at this church. And I want to encourage you... Uh, if, if you're part of new community, I would, I would highly encourage you to get onto the same reading plan for a couple of reasons. First of all, it's just a solid plan, even though, not just because it said solid, but it's a solid plan. Um, if you do the, the reading plan, in fact, it's, there's, a, there's the plan, I can't remember if it's in the front, it's in the back. So there's reading plans laid out for you, and you can pick one of three plans. One is just a New Testament reading plan. One is a, a, a whole Bible plan. It'll take you from Genesis to, to, to the book of Revelation, but not, not it, it actually breaks it up a little bit so that you're not just stuck in Leviticus alone by itself. Um, though, though, can I just tell you, there's amazing, amazing things to read in Leviticus, and God will speak as much there as he will anywhere else. But if you're just kind of diving in, it can be a little daunting. And so the, this reading plan accounts for that. And then the third plan is uh, the Old Testament once and the New Testament twice in one year. And so you can kind of pick which, which plan you want to do. But, but what it does is it gets you on track. It's, it's a, a, a calendar plan, so it starts in January. Uh, what I found, like if I miss a day, I don't try and make up days because you never will. I don't, I don't think I've ever met anyone who's like, I got three days behind and then I try to catch up and you know what ends up happening? You just stop altogether. So just pick it up where it is. One of the things that's so valuable about this is that as a church, we're reading and we're mining in the same places. And so we get to become an encouragement to each other as we read the same passages. And on a Sunday morning, you might even hear me reference and say, you know, in the Life Journal reading this, this week, we read about this, and you're going to go, yeah, that stood out to me. Man, it just takes Sunday morning, it takes your conversations with other people to another level. Why? Because the Word of God is active and alive. Not just when you read it, but when it goes into you, it's alive in you and gets to be a blessing to other people. So you need a plan. Um, here's where you can get that. I have a, a slide for uh, some information. So you can find the plan in the, in the um, journal. We get that slide up, Dave? David? One more. Just the, it'll, yeah, there you go. So the reading plan, it's in the life journal, but uh, you don't have to buy a journal to do the plan. Here's the cool thing. Uh, it's in the bulletin every week. If you read in the bulletin on the back side, we list the weeks for the, the passages for that week right there. So if you have this bulletin t- tucked away in your Bible, you've got everything you need right there. You can use your own journal. Um, journaling is important. I'll talk about that in just a second. You can find uh, the entire reading plan on our church website newcommunityfs.com, go there, you can download it the entire year if you want to print it out or just save it as a PDF on your, your computer or on your phone, you can do that. And then the final one, which is what I use most, uh, most often, is a Bible app. I have that app on my phone, I have it on my iPad, and, and uh, it's just the, the Bible app, it's called the Bible app. Anyway, anyone know what that is, right? You have it on your phone. You can search, they have reading plans, you can download it, create an account. 
And then you can search for different reading plans. It's totally free. And you can actually load that plan onto your phone. And each day, and here's the cool thing. Here's what I love about the app. Megan and I will do that as we're commuting a lot right now. We'll, we'll pull up the app, and they actually have an audio Bible. And you can listen to, to the reading, which is great because it, it unlocks. There's some you know, neat ways, that you, different things that you hear when you hear someone else reading it. Um, you can read it in different versions, whatever version of the Bible you like. Um, a lot of people love using the app. And so if you're on a mobile device or an iPad or something, even on a, on a computer, uh, it's a great way to do that. So the, the plan is accessible. See, but now what we have to do is, is go beyond just reading. You get into reading the plan, but okay, so I read four chapters. It takes me about 25, 30 minutes to read. But now it's a lot of information, and I can't remember all of that. I can't even remember what I needed to buy at the grocery store, right? I can't believe I remembered that I said that at the beginning of the message. Um, I need a way to capture what I'm learning. I grew up in South Africa, which is a gold mining country, famous for its gold mines. And what's amazing is that you go to Johannesburg, and it looks like there's mountains, but they're not mountains. It's all the dirt that's come out from under the tunnels under Johannesburg and where they've extracted the gold and then everything else is left. Now, don't jump to the conclusion that I'm saying is that God's word, everything else is just left over, right? But in the midst of what you read, because God's word is active and alive, as you go to the word, like God, just ask him, Lord, would you speak to me? Would you just highlight one passage, one verse it would just speak. And most often, you don't even have to try real hard. It'll jump off the page and go, yep, that's it. I know that's it. When you find that nugget of wisdom, when God speaks to you in that way, you need to capture it. You need to hang on to it. Just like with, if I drop that gold on your, your, uh, your front in your doorstep at your front door, you're going to pick it up and you're not going to just toss it onto the couch, right? I hope not. You're going to go put it in a jar and then put the jar in a safe and you're going to lock it away so that when you need to, you can go and access it. The same thing with the nuggets of wisdom in God's word. And so the journal doesn't just have the reading plan, but it has, each page says on it this, this acronym, SOAP, Scripture, Observation, Application, and Prayer. And it's just an easy way to engage with God's word in a way that you can remember, remember it. So SOAP, right? Easy to remember, soap, washing, cleansing, cleaning. It's a great little connect there. So soap starts with the S. Scripture, just be looking for one scripture that will stand out to you. One thing that the Holy Spirit highlights, like I said, most often it jumps off the page and you're like, whoa, that's amazing. I've never seen that before. God, I really needed to hear that. And I'll, I'll sometimes I'll finish the entire reading and then go back or I'll just stop right there if it's just, that poignant, that, that alive in the moment, I'll stop. And I'll write in my journal, I'll write the scripture with the reference, just that verse, I'll write it down. And then right under it is the, the letter O, observation. Observation. And what I'll do is I'll write an observation about the passage. What's going on? Who are the people involved? Why are they there? Is it in the Old Testament or the New Testament? Right? And, and it doesn't have to be a study you don't have to, you know, pull out other books. And just what do you see happening? And let God just unpack that. Who are the key players? What's going on? And then the next step is important. The A, application. Application. How does this apply to my life? 
I think we have those on the slide, David, if we can pull that up, all of these, the, the acronym here. The application. How does it apply? Just simply, again, not a book. Now, I know there's some journalers. Any journalers in the house? You're like, you've got, you know, volumes on your wall. I, I am not a journaler. I, I'm very succinct. I, I'm a talker, as you can tell. Um, but, but how does this apply? How will I be different today because of what I've read? How does this apply? How can I take, and I, you know, it's almost daily for me that when I read something in the Word and I make that application for my life, I walk out that next day and, it, and I'm like, wow, it's amazing how much I needed that verse for this day. And bring the application and finally the P is prayer. Just pray. Write a prayer. Lord, help me to have a better attitude because sometimes mine can really stink, right? I want to be more like Jesus. Amen. Simple But what ends up happening, you start filling a journal, page after page of nuggets of wisdom. There's a place where you can actually give a title to your your entry, your journal entry. There's a place in the front where you can list out what those journal entry titles are. So you can go back and go, you know, I remember God spoke to me about something like that. And you'll face a situation in your life and you can go back and pull out what you need so that God can speak to you in that moment. Is this helpful? It's helped some of you already doing that, doing this. So uh, fresh information, just maybe some inspiration for you as you move forward. For some of us, it's just a case of I, I need something like this to keep me on track. And it's not overwhelming and I can just, I can do bite-sized pieces. But to wrap it all up, if we're not here, if we're not in the word, if we're not allowing God's word to be active in our life, in our lives, transformation will not happen. It can't happen. This is so critical. This is so key to the life of every believer. For everyone who wants to grow in Christ, we can't do it apart from the word of God. We run the risk of being a Martha I go to church all the time. I'm busy. I serve on this team. I do this. I do that. Lord, I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm busy for you. Praise Jesus. And Jesus is going, you don't even know me. You don't know the things I have for you because you're not sitting at my feet. So let's as a church go into a season to a greater degree where we're pressing into the things of the Lord. Here's what I know for a fact is as we do that, the transformation that happens in our lives brings growth to our church. That we're better equipped to do the things that God's calling us to. Why? Because you're the ministers of this church. Bible says so, right? Ephesians 4. That, that as a pastoral team, our job is to equip you for the work of the ministry. This is a part of that equipping. Getting the right tools in your hands so you can be effective for Jesus. Amen? Let's stand together as we close. So what's the next step for you? What's the next step for you? What's the point of application? Do you need to grab a journal? Do you need to download the app? Do you need to find a journal at home and download the, 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 the plan from the, the website? Um, maybe it's just becoming more consistent in the word. Maybe it's finding someone. I, this helps me a lot. If I'm journaling with someone, I'm meeting once a week saying, hey, let's just get together at Starbucks and have a cup of coffee and, and read the word together. It helps you stay consistent. 
Maybe for you, it's I, I need to press in even deeper. I've been doing well, but I need to press in deeper. Whatever that point of application is for you, even right in this moment, would you just take a second and before you, you before the Lord in your own heart, make a decision about what that next step will be. God has given us everything we need for a life in godliness. Everything. He's laid a table, a banqueting table out in front of us, and he says, come and partake. So Lord, this morning we want to respond to that invitation. We want to say yes to you. Say yes, we want to receive what you have. Would you help us to remove the distractions and the busyness so that we can press in to everything you have for us so that we would be lacking nothing. God, we need wisdom. Wisdom is calling out in the square, calling out on the street. Lord, would we not be guilty of just walking past and ignoring your call? May we press in to all that you have. Lord, I thank you that your word is alive that you meet us right where we are. It doesn't matter how long we've known you, how mature we are in our walk with you. God, that your, your word will always meet us right where we are because you know what we need even before we, we know we need it. I pray that we would be a church of your word, rooted and grounded and established in your word. And just Jesus, even as you said, we don't live by bread alone, but we, we live according to the word that comes from the mouth of God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want to invite the prayer team to come forward. They're available for you this morning. If this message this morning stirred your heart, if you, you even need some accountability in this and you want to agree with a prayer partner and say, I need help and just being faithful and being in the word, they'd love to agree with you. Or if there's anything else in your life that you want to bring before the Lord and say, Lord, I need prayer. I need agreement in this. God says, I've given you everything you need. And, and it's great to be able to pray with someone uh, for that. So welcome you. If you're, if you're new, we invite you to join us up uh, by the picnic area for uh, our reception up there. Otherwise, have an amazing day. Would you hug a couple of people as you go out? Invite someone to lunch today. And we look forward to seeing you next week. God bless you as you go.